0: One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding a website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen .ca as the trusted online home for their business. Visit cira.ca forward slash startup today. A real entrepreneur with a gourmet burger business, serving up real questions with a dash of reality. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. And now broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Rivers Corbett. all right welcome to the startup canada podcast show i'm your host rivers corbett the startup canada podcast is a production of startup canada a grassroots entrepreneur-led movement to bring together celebrate and give a voice to canada's entrepreneurship community On the podcast, we speak with the movers and shakers of Canada's entrepreneurship community and explore themes in entrepreneurship, startups, investment, innovation, and impact. The podcast is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in starting and growing a financially fit and fundable business. Check out startupcan.ca backslash finance to sign up for a startup finance bootcamp near you and get 50% off QuickBooks online for your business. Thanks so much to Intuit. This month, we are featuring some of Canada's leading startup cities. And today, we are speaking with the amazing Karen Grieve Young. Karen is the Vice President of Partnerships at the Mars Discovery District, a not-for-profit in Ontario's capital city, Toronto, (laughs) which helps entrepreneurs launch and grow competitive companies. Before Mars, Karen secured a BA in economics from Harvard University and an MBA from Stanford University's graduate. School of Business. Incredible. She's held management and strategy consulting roles in organizations from San Francisco to New York and London in the UK. She's worked with Bain & Company, Gap Inc., and the UK's Institute of Cancer Research. During today's episode, we're going to speak with Karen about Toronto's startup ecosystem, the importance of collaboration and partnership, and talk strategies for entrepreneurship. Karen, welcome to the center of the podcast.
1: (laughs) Thanks. Thanks very much, River. It's a pleasure being here.
0: Yeah, really appreciate your time. Well, look, you've been with Mars Discovery District for upwards of four years now. And after an impressive journey at companies throughout North America and Europe and the UK and so on, you've undoubtedly noticed some changes in entrepreneurship in Canada and worldwide. can you kind of take us on on a nickel tour of some of those changes that you've seen?
1: Absolutely. And it's funny, actually, because I almost feel like I've come full circle, but I almost missed the starting point because I lived in San Francisco right out of university during the heyday of the dot-com era um, in sort of the late 90s, early 2000s, and and would have described myself as one of the less entrepreneurial people (laughs) in the Bay Area. I think I was one of the only... People in my business school class not to want to either go into venture capital or and fund companies or start a company themselves.
0: Right I have on. a classmate
1: who started StubHub, a woman the year before me started the first ever online wedding registry. Hard to mm-hmm. believe they didn't exist. And uh, and it's funny because I didn't feel then like it was a journey I needed to join, and yet I found it really engaging. And then what right. actually led me to become involved with Mars and the startup scene was the need for innovation. And it was actually a personal journey uh, related to my mother's cancer and realizing okay. that the, in some fields – and health is one – Doing the same thing isn't good enough. We have Mm -hmm. to actually change what we do. And we have to look not just for the incremental improvements, but for some real breakthroughs. And when I was looking, uh, I'd lived in the UK for about six years Um, uh, after San Francisco, and moved to Toronto for personal reasons. It seemed like a great place to raise a family. Mm -hmm. And it is, I've found, which is wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. But I started thinking, I want to work in the health sector. And then realized that actually, I wanted something more multifaceted. And I was absolutely entranced by what was happening in the startup scene here and the kinds of innovations that were coming out of a whole array of um, entrepreneur-driven enterprises, not just in Toronto, throughout Canada, but particularly there's quite a vibrant ecosystem here. And more and more, I think there's a focus on the need for startup-driven innovation and more and more there's support for startups. And actually an acknowledgement that it's an important part of the ecosystem and an important part of Toronto as a huge economy. So I think it used to be more of an afterthought. And now it's actually really acknowledged as a very important part of what the city needs to focus on to be the best it can be for the people living here.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, let's talk about Toronto for a second. I'm hosting the show from Fredericton today, the capital city of New Brunswick, and our listeners are coming in from right across Canada and the world. You know, transport us to Toronto. Tell us a bit about the city, the demographics, geography, that sort of thing, because, you know, uh, I, yeah, Toronto gets a bad rap every now and then. <laughs> it's uh, true. It's <laughs> and, true. Uh, It is what it is, but uh, I know there's wonderful people there, but, you know, why is Toronto, so amazing! Tell us about the city.
1: Well, it's it has a lot to offer, and I think I think of it as a global large city that's really manageable, it, and I think that has a lot to do with it being a Canadian city. So, you know, again, I've lived in Washington D.C., Boston, San Francisco, New York, London, UK, and Toronto is larger than half of those cities. And yet it has a livability to it, um, which again, I think is is very Canadian in its nature. And it has a lot of variety to it. It's not a cookie cutter city. It's a mm. waterfront city. Lake Ontario is right here and the city's done a ton of work revitalizing the waterfront. So on any given weekend, but also during the week, you'll see um, people, families, families, Going up and down the waterfront, enjoying the outdoors, going to uh, Toronto Island, and actually having an outdoor experience in the middle of the fourth largest city in North America. Yeah. Um, there are there are rivers, there are uh, wonderful parks. So it's a it's a great city to live and work. And most of us end up doing both. You want you obviously need to live, but uh, most of us also need to uh, work along the way. It has a fantastic downtown where you have everything close together. It is uh, Canada's largest financial sector. And my husband works in finance. So, you know, you have to be practical too. And that's part of the reason we moved here is because it was the city in Canada where he could do the kind of finance that he needed to do or that he had done in New York and in London so right. you know that was one driver of us moving here and yet we also we didn't want to live in New York we wanted to live in a city where it would be more for more for our family and um, and I wanted to live in a city that had by bio- arts and culture. And, you know, the mm. Toronto International Film Festival is a pretty special thing. Um, mm. And I'm blown away by the uh, by the enterprise that's here, and particularly the, academ- the academic um, institutions that are here, which I did not know as much about. But when you look at some of the research coming out of the Discovery District, which is where Mars is, so if, you've, if you looked at Toronto on a map. On the bottom, you'd have Lake Ontario. And then you'd have this this tight core with a sprawling, you know, the greater Toronto area sprawls quite a bit. But if you went just up from uh, the lake, you'd have the financial district. And then above that, you'd have uh, University Avenue that has all these hospitals, uh, some of the world's best hospitals. And then it has Queen's Park, where the provincial government is, where the, 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 again, being the county, of Ontario here, and Mars is right in the midst of that. So we're close to uh, we're close to uh, government. We're close to academia, the University of Toronto and Ryerson, and other institutions. And we're close to the financial sector. And when I first started thinking about what I would do when we moved here, I thought about going out to the Toronto suburbs where there's also a lot going on. But the downtown here is so vibrant and there's so much happening and there's so much energy and it's so easy. There's great and improving public transportation. So I never drive downtown for work. I have a wonderful walk and then a subway ride and it gets me right right to work. And A lot of people have that experience where they can have a very livable family life, uh, whatever their family life is, and then come right downtown and, and work is very easy too.
0: And yeah, I think people cool.
1: don't think of Toronto. I think a lot of Canadians, when they hear I live in Toronto, they think it must be quite overwhelming and challenging. And, and I haven't found that.
0: Yeah, my my brother in law lives in Toronto uh, with his wife and young son, and uh, you know they have opportunities to go other places, and uh, they they love it there. So I uh, you know I, I, I know there is a love for the city, but let's kind of let's kind of dive into the innovation and the entrepreneurship side of the city because being a startup Canada podcast, I know our audience is going to want to want to focus in on that, and and you've particularly talked about the importance of innovation going forward well innovation and government don't usually go together so how is the city of toronto or the government of, of ontario for that matter uh, you know working with your organization to to really focus in on those uh, those key areas of promoting on, uh, entrepreneurship and innovation let alone supporting it you
1: know the fact is canada's so resource rich, we've been really fortunate as a country
0: because mm-hmm.
1: we haven't had to worry about, um, uh, we felt like our future was in really good hands because of our resources. But the reality is that as we move toward more of a, uh, an innovation economy, if we don't write our own future, this is the way that we think about it. If we don't write our own future, other people will write it for us. And I am mm-hmm. I feel very happy that both the government of Ontario, and we partner very closely with the Ontario uh, Provincial Government, in particular the Ministry of Research and Innovation. And isn't it fantastic that there is a ministry focused on research and innovation? Right on. And uh, and – and we also work closely with the city um, because I think they both realize that innovation is key and actually that Toronto has a unique opportunity and some of it is related to our scientific assets and some of it is related to the people who are here. So from a people perspective perspective, Toronto is the most diverse city in Canada. A tenth of our population is is Chinese Canadian. They, you know, wow. we have the largest Chinese population in North America who thought. Wow. And that yeah. actually creates a lot of opportunities for companies to not only start but to grow and to access global markets. And then by yeah. accessing those global markets, there's income that comes back to the province through those mm-hmm. through those exports and their jobs created through those exports and i think that there's uh, t- toronto is really looking globally and, and taking its role as a global city to bring a lot of opportunity to ontario and to canada that is harder to access when you don't have the the scale of a six million person city and right. i think the city is 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 newly um focused on this. We've had uh, Toronto as a city had been in the news for some interesting reasons
0: prior <laughs> to our most recent mayoral election. Yeah, and interesting uh, brand, interesting brand building exercise interesting, there.
1: Interesting, exactly. And the city now is really focused on some of the things that will actually make it a livable city that people want to be in. It's focused on the infrastructure that will help people actually get to their important jobs downtown. And it's realizing, actually, that it's not enough for the province to be strong in innovation. Uh, Toronto needs to be. And in fact, we work closely with Enterprise Toronto, and um, they've come up with a a recent uh, strategy, uh, which I would love to recommend to anyone uh, listening in, uh, called From Concept to Commercialization, a Startup Ecosystem Strategy for the city of Toronto. And it really focuses on what are the assets here? You know, mm-hmm. not just creating new things, because I, often I find that when people think about the innovation space or the startup space, they think about what they will newly launch, whereas actually they're A lot of resources already there, and increasingly those resources are working together. And what they've put together is a great map of the resources, including Mars, that are available to entrepreneurs here. It's a great time to be an entrepreneur, Um, I think, in Canada, period, and and certainly in Toronto. Um, Yeah. Really exciting time.
0: It's, it's, you know, I was talking to another guest about the fact I, re- I remember <laughs> when I was growing up as a kid, this whole word of entrepreneurship didn't even exist. My no. dad was an <laughs> entrepreneur was Like he went to his job. That's where he went. Right. He went to work. You're the small business
1: person, probably. Yeah,
0: that's like, it. Yeah. You know, it didn't really, really matter. And uh, so so I agree. It is a great time to uh, to do that. And what, what I'm what I'm interested in, you know, when we think of economic hub, naturally Toronto plays uh is, is in the top three cities in the country with regards to that and how is how are uh, in that regard how are was where there already is a vibrant uh, economic hub how are major private uh, sectors uh, uh, organizations playing a role into the innovation and entrepreneurship game
1: it's a great question and in fact I think one of the things that's interesting you talked about the the Toronto brand and I think mm. one of our challenges is that there is a lot going on here. So, there are cities that that are known for entrepreneurship or innovation because that is their main industry in a way. And Mm -hmm. Toronto has so much going on that I think sometimes we've not focused on telling the story of innovation and entrepreneurship happening here. But if you look at some of the key industries that actually pull um, innovation. So, I mentioned in my interest in healthcare um Mm -hmm. you know toronto is canada's you know has canada's largest preponderance of um pharmaceutical companies of the canada's top 250 ict companies 37 percent of them are in toronto
0: right and so the
1: thing is that so that gives you a great opportunity because you have industry right there and industry could be potential customers of um startups they could be potential partners of startups. And yet at the same time, you have to actually get them to the startups if they don't know, they don't know what they don't know. And so one of the things, trends that we've seen recently, which is really exciting, is important technology companies choosing to locate at Mars we have a one and a half million square foot hub intentionally bringing together different kinds of organizations a lot of startups also research organizations and then the the kinds of organizations that support startups if they're whether they're law firms or ventures capital um, firms that fund startups. And increasingly, we have uh, important multinationals or important Canadian companies. Facebook just announced that they are moving into our new tower and taking half the floor. Uh, We have Airbnb and uh, Etsy's Canadian uh, headquarters CIBC, which is located just a few blocks away. Mm-hmm. It's also choosing to have a presence here so that cool. they're working right with the entrepreneurs. And that's great for the entrepreneurs because all right. of a sudden they can test things on these potential customers, potential clients um, in a way that they can't if they're more separate. So I think, um, and we also see, and this is kind of an interesting new trend that I think we had underestimated that the multinationals and the large companies, they know that this, the startup method is onto something, whether it's lean startup <laughs> or other things. that as, you know, This whole innovation thing, they've decided it's not a passing fad. Yeah, it's and not going away. It's not going away. And so they want to know how to do it. And some of them think that they will innovate by purchasing um it, by acquiring uh new ideas and new um new products and so they want to meet with startups with the with the view to acquiring but some of them come because they they want to be more like a startup whether it's just a team within a large company or whether it's a whole large company so we'll have teams of executives coming to Mars to say hey those entrepreneurship programs that you give to entrepreneurs can you do a version that's for us because that would actually be really helpful for us. And so, we're more and more finding that we're working with individual entrepreneurs and we have a really large um, entrepreneurship uh, platform that's available online and in person, uh, which is great. So, we have and in fact, uh, New Brunswick is partnering with us on uh, and and using some of our market intelligence and entrepreneurship programs there because because we have the scale here and that way they can make it available to entrepreneurs in New Brunswick, which is great. Um, so is Manitoba and so is PEIs.
0: So is there... A lot of these – go ahead. No, sorry what I'm interested in these partnerships that you're talking about um are you and and I know that's part of your mandate is are you mainly organically bringing those partnerships together or are you reaching across the country to have people connect to what Mars is doing
1: we we proactively reach out we do have a bit of an advantage in Toronto because people have other reasons to be here right Um, so they come and visit and in fact to be honest it's um it, it can be quite challenging. I mean, we have a lot of Canadian uh, partners, again, some proactive. So sometimes we're proactive, sometimes we're reactive, uh, lots of different things. Um, internationally, last year we had 186 international delegations come to visit us at Morris. Fantastic. And- it is fantastic, and yeah, it takes a lot of time. We're actually a really small <laughs> team. So Mars has a huge building and a very small team of actual. We call ourselves Martians. Um, of so, course, as you do. And so, the, yeah. you know, there was one week where we had—I was greeting three different delegations from China who were here, and it's wonderful. And yet, some of some of them turn into real partnerships where we might be able to promote soft landing for our entrepreneurs there, their mm-hmm. entrepreneurs here, and that's great. And then sometimes they're just curious and they do what we did when we were setting up and they're kind of innovation tourists and they're looking oh what does what does the model in Canada look like and and which we did when we were starting out we wanted to learn from other models um, and it's uh, is challenging to be part to to do enough of that as part of the community and actually also, get everything done that needs to get done. You,
0: you know, that is so interesting. You say that we were, uh, I was doing a webinar last night and we were talking about the 80-20 rule where really, you know, 20, 80% of your business comes from 20% of your customers. So yeah, it must be difficult to be able to qualify these groups that are coming in and hey, say, no, they're a waste of time because yeah, they don't I mean, fit you, it.
1: And you don't know, right? You don't yeah. know in advance. And the, th- the thing that's funny too is that um, I think because... We're a, a not-for-profit charity, um, and we get some of our funding from government. But we're so we're seen as being um, more public, I think, than we are. And right. so there's just an expectation that it's our job, and it's an important thing, and we really like doing it. So that's it's all great, except just like any startup, and Mars is actually a startup. We're ten years into yeah, it. Yeah, of course, you are. yeah, um, yeah. Just like any startup, we have to focus. Yes. And so yeah, we're, trying do, yeah. to, we're trying to do more um, uh, focusing and actually that's one of the ways that we partner. So we partner with other um, organizations in Toronto, whether it's the universities or whether it's other, um, other accelerators and other um, entrepreneur supporting organizations to and the city itself to uh, make sure that we're we're Covering off on on all of the the uh, sort of national and international interests mm-hmm. in a way that makes the most sense for our entrepreneurs here in Toronto and Ontario as well. Because at right the end on. of the day, they're our first priority.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They're your community. They're the ones you're supporting. So talk to me about, um, uh, and I love that you mentioned you're a startup, and because <laughs> and, you really are. And, are. And, and all organizations are startups. And you talk about nonprofit, charity, whatever, for-profit, they're all startups at some level. And the foundation of success is exactly the same, exactly. whether you're nonprofit. Or, or for profit, so I, I love that you mentioned that. Um, but talk to me about, about a pivot, a major pivot that that uh, you guys did during time that you've been there that uh, that really uh, took uh, Mars in a, in a direction that it hadn't originally intended to go.
1: It's a great question, and I think I think on the one hand, um, we've done some. Several of them along the way, and some of them I don't think we, some of them we don't necessarily think of as pivots, mm-hmm. and yet they're thought of that way. So an example from the very very beginning is that Mar. As I mentioned, we're right by the Hospital for Sick Children, uh, um, uh, University Health Network, uh, Women's College Hospital, Princess Margaret Cancer Care uh, Cancer Center. So we're right by a ton, and that's only the ones in closest proximity to us, of hospitals. And so I think the original thought uh, by the community was that this was going to be a health accelerator, that this was going right. to be all about commercializ- commercializing health discovery and starting new healthcare companies. And from the moment we opened our doors, and I wasn't here then, but it's, what I, it's, what I, it's part of uh, the stories that I hear. There was so much um, pent up demand by other kinds of entrepreneurs from other aspects of discovery in Toronto. So, you know, of the billion plus annually that's spent in research within two kilometers of Mars, it's not all health. A lot of it is, but some of it is, you know, really fantastic ICT and clean tech innovation and energy innovation coming out of the universities. And so immediately we. We're no longer a health, we were not only health, and yet we have this name, medical and related sciences, which <laughs> really implied health. And so, of you know, we, we kind of abandoned the name, and yet it kind of refuses to go. We, we abandoned the, the the words behind the acronym, and yet it ref- they refuse to go away. So we're, we're much more on the related side than on the medical side these days. Right, but that's right. something that sticks. And then I think um, another. Uh, early, early on, we spun off a huge part of what we did. So again, we were founded to both um, drive commercialization of research. And if you think about it, some of some huge, globally important scientific discoveries came out of this discovery district in Toronto, whether it's insulin or stem cells, I mean, huge, really important things for the entire world. And historically, um, I don't know if it has to do with Canadian modesty, but we've not done a great job of actually um, commercializing and and capturing that value for Canada. We've kind of given it away, Um, which on the one hand is great for the world, and on the other hand, uh, maybe leaving something on the table for Canada. So, the idea was, how do we commercialize those discoveries? And then the second part would be, how do you help start? and grow um, startup ventures, startup companies. And yeah. the first part, we entered into partnership with 16 hospitals and, um, and universities, 16 academic institutions in Toronto, and came up with consolidated technology transfer. So, that's this is when, essentially, you are licensing or selling the intellectual property that comes out of an institution to... Um, for instance, companies or other institutions. And what used to happen, if you can imagine it, is that, let's say, I'll use General Electric as an example. GE would come to Toronto and they'd be interested in a certain kind of technology and they'd go to the hospital for uh, sick children, they'd go to sick kids and they'd say, hey, show me what you've got. And sick kids would show them what they've had and it wouldn't necessarily be exactly what they were looking for this Mm -hmm. time and so they'd leave. Well, right. and meanwhile, across the street at Princess Margaret was exactly what they were looking for, but they didn't know <laughs> because they didn't knock on that door. And so right. what we developed, which we spun off into a sister organization called Mara's Innovation, which is now uh, going gangbusters and, and doing great, is um, a way for there to be kind of one-stop shopping for intellectual property from these institutions. Right. So that right. all of a sudden they can see everything. And it helps it be much more of a destination. And it helps actually um, each of these institutions do more. But the interesting thing is because so many people thought of that really as Mars Core, and we spun it off into a separate organization. Every now and then, people are like, Well, what are you doing? You've, you're not doing what you set out to do. And what <laughs> we say is, We did. We, we started it. And then we, yeah. and then, and they're still going, and it's going really well. It was, in a way, it was sort of our first startup. It was our first big innovation that we spun and spun out, right. and it's and it's fantastic. And they have a really strong team. But again, I think it can be confusing sometimes for our uh, for our, some of our earliest stakeholders.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, it's, uh, one of the questions we had here is, uh, you know, how did you ultimately create Mars to be a, a platform rather than a silo? And that's really what you've created here is a, is a platform of many services. And I think it's so, I, I'm going to call it cute because everybody experiences how people kind of say, okay, I know you're successful, but what are you doing playing there? That's not where you're supposed yeah, exactly.
1: to be. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, why aren't you playing there anymore? Yeah. I that was your whole thing. Yeah, yeah. it's, no, crazy. it's been- interesting it's it's yeah. interesting and and you know I think one of the things that we've discovered along the way is we thought on we started off with you know a plan it was a loose plan, and by the way we we opened our doors at the end of two thousand and five, spent a couple of years just getting things started, and then the global financial crisis hit, so uh-huh. then we spent a couple of years just trying to keep the companies we were working with afloat. <laughs> through that. And, you know, when we looked back at the business plan we'd started with, it looked kinda quaint actually. It was Mm. it was it was interesting, but we'd we'd moved away. And I think that's one of the other discoveries is that um, you know we, we like to think that we need to innovate innovation, which means we need to always be thinking and open minded because it's changing so quickly that if we just keep doing what worked a couple of years ago, all of a sudden we won't be serving the communities we exist to serve. We won't be helping mm-hmm. new health innovations get to patients because right the health systems changed and we need to be ahead of that and actually help guide these companies through so that patients can get the treatments that they want. And so we launched an initiative to do that. And yet it was, it was a world first and it was just absolutely crazy. And we had people visiting from all over because how on earth could you start this kind of initiative to do this kind of <laughs> testing before you before you even are licensed by Health Canada? Oh my gosh! Yeah, how
0: crazy. dare you? How did that, that's insane! And
1: now it's pretty yeah. exciting because there is some, you know, we we have this situation in Ontario where you know a huge, just like everywhere that is fortunate enough to have a, a public health system, um, we a huge chunk of the provincial budget goes to healthcare, and. A decent chunk of the provincial budget goes to research and and uh, and development, and yet we had a situation where over a ten year period, none of the none of the new innovations developed in Ontario were being adopted by the Ontario health system. Wow! So you're creating these innovations, and then these startups essentially they 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 start what they're doing, they find the doors to the Local hospitals and the and the local system closed to them. So they go to Europe and so they they arrive in Europe and (laughs) first thing they're asked is, Oh, you've shown us all these great clinical trial results from Ontario. Like tell us how how is it working in the Ontario market? How's it going? How's it going? Oh well, actually we haven't broken into the Ontario market. And all of a sudden it's sort of this you haven't validated in your home country, so why should you be trusted somewhere else? So we worked with our partners with government and our partners in large and large industry, um, in the medical device, uh, uh, sector and also startups and also, um, other, uh, other, um, innovation, um, hubs and the academic hospitals to say, okay, let's start something new. And we started an initiative called Excite, which is excellence in clinical innovation and technology evaluation to just change the way this works. And now it's Pretty exciting because there are a couple of of device companies that probably never would have had access to Ontario, and mm-hmm. they will. So one one that I get particularly excited about is a technology called um, MindMove, started by a company called MindTech, and it came out of Toronto Rehab um, Hospital, and it's it has enabled stroke victims who had no. Uh, capacity to move certain limbs to actually be able to make voluntary movements again for the first time in years. And wow. it's an extraordinary technology with great results. And if things had gone the way that they had, no matter how great the trials were, it was unlikely to gain access. But we've been able to, through this initiative, make conversations happen that will actually more dramatically increase their likelihood of actually being adopted by the health system, which Means that patients will get it, right? right? Which is what it's all about. That's why I'm here. And that's why I think a lot of us are here. And then the fun thing that happens at Mars, and this is where it actually. You know, it's it's challenging to be a small charity with a very large real estate project.
0: I hate yeah. that you're calling yourself a charity. I really do. it. Yeah, I know, if, I know. I know. Yeah, no, you're I, right. I, I you're a charity, no, fair, but you're not enough. a charity.
1: We're we're an innovation hub that actually has Love lovable it. status.
0: There you go. Yeah, that's different. Thank but you. We're, there
1: you go. Fair enough. But we're <laughs> but we're but we're, but we're a small organization with this huge real estate um, holding, which brings the community together. And one of the neat things though, which makes it all worthwhile is when certain communities come together. So um, uh, a few months before this this podcast airs, when you and I are having this conversation, (laughs) Toronto was, the host of the Pan Am Games, yeah. and the whole city came alive, and 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 we got involved Wonderful. in certain ways, which is fantastic. And mm. then the the uh, second part of the games are the Para Pan Am Games, mm-hmm. and Mars hosted. We we host a monthly wearable. Meetup called We Are Wearables, started by a fantastic uh, guy entrepreneur named uh, Tom Emmerich, and this this wearables technology community comes together once a month at Mars. Well, we had an event related to the Pan Am Games on wearables specific to um, uh, 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 people with um, uh, disabilities and and uh, and helping people with mobility and it had 700 registration, uh, registrants, wow. and one of the companies that was featured was this company Mindtech and mm-hmm. then in a couple of days we are hosting an Ontario Accessibility Innovation Summit where we'll have people from all over actually focusing in conjunction with these games that are bringing these extraordinary athletes who happen to have impairments to uh to toronto Uh, we are hosting uh, um events about the innovations that are critical to them and that can really make wonderful things happen so it's that's it's wonderful. So that's the kind of thing that gets exciting, and and we had a, actually with Startup Canada, we hosted a, the um, Latam uh, Startups Conference here. And yeah. we, you know, it was fantastic to have that community at Mars. We we it wasn't our event, but we hosted it here, and it was brilliant.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, you know, and I'm, I'm if if I if I could capitalize what Mars does as a core is really it's a connector. Is that fair to say that?
1: Absolutely. It's, it's helping, you know, helping, uh, companies meet startups, helping startups meet, uh, you know, connect with sources of capital connect with, so they have the money that they need to grow their business, connect with their customers, whether their customers are here or international, uh, Mm. talent more and more. We are seeing a huge thirst for talent initiatives. And then And then connect with the people who will help them tell their stories. And, of course, that's where we have to start at home because I think probably our final, our most recent pivot, which we're still in the midst of, is the realization that we spent too many years at Mars. And I also think, to some extent, the Toronto innovation and startup community spent too many years doing and not telling, so we have not mm-hmm. our story. We've not shared our narrative, and so others have either done it for us, or we've or it's gone unsaid. And so there's right. huge um, wealth of innovation and wealth of of startups, and those their stories need to get out. People need to hear about Synapse, mm-hmm. which is a company yeah. that's grown from four to 140 employees in two years. Wow! And they're here at Mars, and my understanding is they're the fact. Fastest growing um, uh, med tech company in the world right now, and they're in. They're we're squeezing them into every nook and cranny while I wait for them <laughs> to be to be available. But people need to hear that actually, this startup, which is based on Ontario technology, with An Ontario team, uh, which makes it, of course, from a Startup Canada perspective, a Canadian technology and a Canadian team is going to transform the way that neurosurgery works. Don't we all want the people who are doing neurosurgery to have better training and have better results Mm. with their patients?
0: Well, you know, we want all that stuff. And I think there's a brand identity uh, issue associated with Canadians because you mentioned about uh, the, the company the, the the company with the stroke technology uh, having to go somewhere else to try to find business and I find that with my own province it's it's kind of like and this this works for Toronto's basis is that we need to go to Toronto to get the expertise because certainly no one around here knows how to do that and yet there's wonderful stories wonderful innovations wonderful advancements that are happening in our own backyard and so those stories you talk about are critical Important to to pivot the culture to sort of say, holy crap, we are Canadian and we're fantastic, exactly. and, and why would we go anywhere else? So exactly. uh, you're bang on when you say that story. Very cool. Well, I've got well, I've got one more question for you, first. and uh, I'm going to ask Karen to take off her Mars hat, okay? Because uh, I know that you have got brilliance in many other ways besides just what you're doing at Mars, and um. um if you were put in charge of the department, you're the minister in charge of entrepreneurship and innovation for Canada. What's the first thing that you would do with your mandate and no hold bar? There's none of this. Oh, I have a political problems or you know, budgets or anything. You're just a, an idea woman and you have got a clean slate in front of you. What are you going to do?
1: You have me some. No, I think. Uh, I, I think there are there are a couple of key things, and I'm I'm now both a Canadian and also an American and UK citizen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna combine all of my nationalities a little bit, and my personality is gonna come out. But I think that sometimes um, Canada has this funny failure aversion, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes I think it makes us not as bold as we can be and we should be, Um, and it makes entrepreneurs less bold than they can be, it's fine to fail. In fact, in Silicon Valley, uh, when I was living there, the joke was my friends who were starting companies said, I want to fail really fast because none of the investors will, uh, none of the VCs will invest in me until after I've failed on someone else's dime.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to do that really
1: quickly so that then I can come back with experience and they can and they'll invest in me. And that's yeah. that I don't and you, you're starting to see more of that in Canada but you still there's still cool. this sense that it's not great to fail. And likewise, I think um, there's a reluctance that I've seen and I don't pretend to be super informed but there's a reluctance I've seen with government to make really big bets as opposed to just actually spreading out whatever the available funds are so that everyone gets just enough to not starve. And I think yeah. that we we would benefit from and it's and I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying that all the bets would pay off. But I think if if we got just a little bit bolder, if we if Canada became bolder the way that I think of our entrepreneurs are already becoming bolder and made some really big bets and actually gave a couple of the really high potential opportunities enough funds that it could really be the next global household mm. name in health or in ICT or in energy. These are some sectors where we have a real, we have a, we have a huge, um, opportunity and there is more capital than there was before in fact the cvca just came out with new numbers that indicate that actually vc uh, venture capital in canada is growing quite a lot which is great right and yet right. it's still so small it's like a tenth mm. per capita what it is in the u.s yeah and health is a key sector that has so little of it so i think what i would try to do is garner the funds to make a really big
0: bet cool I think that is awesome, and 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 I would support that because I'll tell you there was a earlier guest I had on, and they were talking about the uh, the humbleness, the politeness yeah. of Canadians, and they said he said he said there's entrepreneurs out there that are just waiting for those trade barriers to fall down even more so they can come and eat our lunch, so <laughs> <laughs> because they know that's our personality. So yeah, let's. Uh, let's 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 go big and let's uh, let's think big and, and it's happening wow. more.
1: Actually, it's really exciting what some of these companies are doing. Yeah. and and some of them are going really big. And I I, I think this next few years is going to be a time to watch. And it's it's fantastic what the what the startups are doing. And it's fantastic the way that more and more of the organizations working with startups are working together, so that the best startups are getting access to. The resources are the most appropriate for them, and we're working together to help them succeed. It's not a zero-sum game here. It's pretty amazing what we can do if we all work together.
0: Yeah, it's very, very cool. So thank you very much, uh, Karen, for your time today. It's been a privilege having you on the show.
1: Thanks very much. Enjoy talking to you,
0: Rivers. Thank you. Well, as you do, Karen, I've got a keen eye watching developments in entrepreneurship in Ontario and across the country from New Brunswick to British Columbia and everywhere in between. And so keep doing what you're doing. I'm Rivers Corbett, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast show. Startup Canada is your doorway into Canada's entrepreneurship community. Be sure to check out the website startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern time. That's Toronto time, where expert guests answer your questions. Visit startupcan.ca backslash events to see our upcoming guests and topics. And I love hanging out with entrepreneurs. You can check out all the things that I'm up to and maybe some more at riverscorbett.ca. Please feel free to visit my website. Till next time, I'm Rivers Corbett and have an enterprising week.